Hello, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for Boyce & Associates Wealth Consulting, and welcome to a special edition of Market Minutes for October 31st of 2023. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you are doing well. Just wanted to spend a few minutes uh, here on the front end offering some perspective on some travel that I've made over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Week one, a week before last, I was in Florida with our friends at First Trust, visiting with their team, listening to their presentations, also visiting with my peers, uh, fellow investment advisors uh, around the country. Uh, And then last week, went to Philadelphia for the Schwab Impact Conference, and there were 5,000 people there. And uh, about 75, probably 80% of those were investment advisors. And so I had many, many, many conversations, sometimes in groups when we were sitting around at receptions, kind of sharing our thoughts about what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're feeling. Uh, A lot of advisors with a lot of experience. um, and, And I'd say that there is a pretty good consensus out there about what at least the advisors are seeing, and and that is that we are you know on schedule for a cool down. You know we're seeing it in the data, and, and obviously we're coming off a quarter where we had four point nine percent annualized GDP growth, uh, that was better than expected, uh, and and it, it, it evidences a little bit of an acceleration. Uh, from what we've seen, you know, over the last few quarters, but you know, we had uh, strong inventory and strong consumer spending, and we've had strong data. We've had strong labor markets, and uh, and then, but the consensus feels like that's going to slow down. So, looking at it from through the economic lens, that we're going to have slowdowns, and you know, we're not going to have as much inventory. Uh, federal government spending and government spending overall likely to decelerate, especially if we have a government shutdown. Um, in global trade, you know, we, we know, uh, that, um, you know, China is, uh, having a bit of a, uh, a challenge right now from an economic standpoint and Europe is, has been in a slow growth mode for quite some time. And also we've seen some near-term data that suggests that business investment is going to slow in the coming quarters and, you know, but that's not viewed as negative. And so, uh, you know, I, I think everybody agrees that the market is in, a little bit of a quandary right now. It kind of lacks direction. Uh, conviction is not really crystallized out there. So uh, we're in this uh, odd paradox where bad news is bad news and good news is is also bad news uh, in some respects because, you know, we feel like, you know, higher interest rates. We just saw the 10-year Treasury hit 5% for the first time since 2007, that higher rates are here for longer and you know a lot of speculation over what does that really mean for Fed policy, for monetary policy. Uh, we know that there's the fiscal policy side, which we can't control in real time. Obviously, you can over time vote out uh, you know Congress uh, people that uh, are 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 not uh, you know doing what you want them to do. But uh, over the near term, we know that fiscal spending is uh, still uh, running apace. Uh, but what what of what monetary policy? And so, you know, feeling is that higher rates really help play into the Federal Reserve's hand. Uh, it kind of does their job for them. And I think it's going to continue to slow the economy. We've got you know, essentially higher rates than inflation now. Uh, we do see inflation coming down. I think everybody agrees that inflation is coming down. The sticky elements of, uh, you know, shelter and uh, and energy and food and, and even things like new car prices are all apt to continue to come down. 
In fact, you know, over the last uh, three months, uh, just using those three months worth of data and annualizing it, the rate of inflation is between two and two and a half percent. You know, obviously, if you extend that period out, then inflation is running a little bit hotter than that. But the feeling is that it will come down. And First Trust has said you know, adamantly, they've been very strong in this opinion that money supply growth is negative and that's going to put a damper on inflation. It's also going to put a damper on growth. And, and I think everybody subscribes to that theory. And again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And we've already seen this correction from the, from the high. We've seen NASDAQ and the S&P both correct 10% from their interim peaks earlier uh, this year. And perhaps, you know, we're going to trade in, in kind of a channel. You know, what's the risk of that we're going to have a deeper correction? Uh, and, and it's kind of hard to fathom that with current valuations in the S&P, not too far away from their 25-year average. And if you back out the Magnificent Seven out of the S&P 500, you actually have valuations that are right on top of their 25-year uh, forward price-to-earnings uh, levels. And so, and in, in even more so, you've got uh, much more value embedded in international stocks, uh, and they pay higher dividends right now, too. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the melding of, of, of economics and the market, you know, uh, I think it's clear that, you know, and everybody agrees that, you know, oftentimes the economy doesn't go the same way as the market. And, uh, and that is very true. Over long periods of time, there is a pretty pretty tight correlation. But over short periods, you know, you can have valuations that kind of blow out. And I think we had that earlier this year. And so everyone looks at that and says, all right, well, earnings didn't really uh, blow out. They, did, they didn't really, you know, you know, aggressively move higher, but valuations did. And they got a little stretched. And so what we've seen here in this latest correction is that those valuations are coming back in line. And and so I think everybody feels that that's a normal process. And if you look at, you know, the fact that we had a correction, you typically have one of these things about every 18 months. So I didn't get a sense that any of the money managers were really upset that this is happening or particularly surprised that this is happening. Um, you know, when you anticipate slower future growth and you anticipate, uh you know, the, 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 the prospects for an economic slowdown when you have, you know, higher interest rates, you know, they tend to not lend themselves to a lot of multiple expansion. And, and I think, you know, that is kind of playing out like we, like we thought it would. And um, so 2024 is now kind of like the new 2023 that we thought was going to play out uh, earlier this year. But the labor market was stronger than expected uh, and consumption was much stronger than expected. So, um, you know, and you have the, you know, just kind of a few other observations uh, here. You know, we've got banks that are tightening lending standards. I think everyone views that as, you know, as a leading indicator to economic slowdown. Uh, and again, no one's really in, in, on, on average is sitting here talking about recession. Uh, now, there are people that are, I think First Trust is of the opinion that we're going to have a recession, but it's not going to be very deep. But again, not everybody is on that page and, and feels like the data is already moving in that direction. As we've talked about, you know, shelter, food, and energy, like when you get this data moving down on inflation, uh, it's going to put a, it's going to rather take, a, take away a lot of the pressure from the Fed uh, to maintain those high rates. But 
the impetus to want to reduce rates is not there yet. And that's good for savers. Everybody agrees about that. Not necessarily good for borrowers. But, you know, I think everybody agrees, too, that when you're talking about mortgage rates that are getting up higher, close to 8%, you know, the housing sector is definitely a drag uh, on the economy. And, you know, there's certain parts of this that when things kind of level out, they're just going to remain weaker for a period of time. However, when you talk about higher mortgage rates and things like that, higher, higher borrowing costs, you know, there is a shock value when you go from a very low rate to a high rate in a fairly short period of time like we did last year. That creates kind of this uh, reflexive mechanism on the part of consumers and companies that say, you know, I can't pay those higher rates. I'm just going to wait till they come down. Well, the longer they stay at those elevated levels, the more you get used to it. And so eventually you get some normalization. And, and honestly, when you think about, you know, short-term rates around 5% and you, you look at long-term rates that are maybe a little bit higher than that, and you go back over 50 years, it's not out of line. It's just that we've been so used to easy money for a long time that we had a shock to the system when that whole calculus changed and we're in the process of getting used to it. And, and I think everybody agrees with how I've kind of framed this, um, this economy and its impact on the market over the last, really the last year. And it, and it is like throwing a big rock into a calm pond and you have these ripple effects. We had so much stimulus and now that stimulus is gone. And so you've had, you know, the stimulus created inflation because of supply chain issues and a demand for product uh, and, and then eventually a demand for services. And so, you know, uh, had a lot, of, a lot of people talking about rolling recessions, like we already had a manufacturing recession, but it didn't spill over to the service side, uh, at least not yet. And so manufacturing seems to be kind of leveling out. And so, you know, there is this thought out there that, you know, you're seeing the pockets of slowdown in different areas. You're just not seeing it hit you, you know, with both barrels. Uh, and, and I think that's, I think that's um, you know, a fair point. So when you talk about like bullish arguments, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of sentiment out there, you know, that, um, you know, we do, we can have positive uh, earnings growth. Earnings may not be as strong as everyone expects them to be. The consensus uh, for next year is, you know, looking for double-digit gains. But, you know, the, the, the market can certainly work if those gains are not necessarily as high. You know, we've got bond market stabilization. 10-year uh, yields are kind of like hovering in that 5% level. Um, you know, the, the you know, consumer is proven to be resilient. You know, we, we saw that in the GDP data. And, you know, we finally got a Speaker of the House. Hopefully we get a budget resolution. Um, and, uh, and really, there, there is a feeling that the market near term is perhaps a little bit oversold. And, and I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty heady statement, um, you know, because that, that was, there was a lot of consensus on that point. Um, and then, you know, bearish arguments that, you know, maybe we've had, you know, earnings have been a little less than stellar, uh, uh, particularly, you know, amongst uh, technology companies, and that we have high interest rates, we have more volatility, uh, and that, you know, these higher rates for longer could slow things down faster than anybody can anticipate. And again, you know, there's elements of that that we just don't know and won't know until we see it in the data. And then we still have high tech valuations overall in, in the market. And I think there's there's definitely some 
some consensus on that. So um, uh, let's see. Some other thoughts. Um, I think everybody's concerned a little bit about um, about the commercial real estate sector, at least pockets of that. Uh, you know, industrials looking really strong, but office still looking pretty weak. And then there's a lot of debt that needs to be rolled over. So we could see some pressure there. Um, and everyone seems to feel like, you know, energy is uh, kind of settling out. Uh, and everyone feels like, you know, consumer with uh, consumer spending apt to slow. Um, again, a lot of valuations. A lot of those stocks have been oversold. Um, and um, and then, uh, you know, just looking at the market overall, that again, valuations, especially when you back out the Magnificent Seven, the top flyers, you know, valuations are really not, not stretched. Um, uh, regional banks uh, expecting more pressure on regional banks, but not necessarily widespread. We've seen deposit flight. People are chasing yields in these money market mutual funds. Um, and we've seen a decline in total lending. And um, I guess uh, so there's, there's that. You know, concern over the fiscal situation, as I kind of alluded to a couple minutes ago, you know, the, the risk of a government shutdown. And again, typically the market doesn't overreact to that unless it tends to linger. Um, and, you know, and we could go into a shutdown. Uh, fiscal deficit is obviously something that is on all of the uh, my is on the minds of all of my, my peers. Uh, and, you know, obviously we've got... Uh, I'd say, you know, the Middle East is something that was talked about a lot. You know, there is a risk that, you know, that conflict spreads. And obviously, if it embroils uh, the U.S. and Iran, uh, that would not be good. But I think uh, there's not a lot of confidence that, that that's going to happen. And they just list it as a, as a, as a risk factor, which I, which I absolutely uh, agree with. So, um you know, and then let's see, consumer spending talked about that, you know, beginning to roll over that levels that we've seen are not sustainable because excess savings uh, and personal savings rates are, are moving, moving lower. I agree with that. Uh, and then uh, we talked about the residential investment uh, could slow with higher mortgage rates. I, I, you know, absolutely agree with that too. Uh, and um, so that's, that's that. And uh, so if I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything, anything else that I wanted to mention there, um, not really. Uh, I'd say, um, you know, there is a lot of optimism looking out to 2025. I think the feeling is if you can engineer a slowdown where maybe you have pockets of the economy in recession like we've seen, but not the entire economy. And, uh, you know, personal balance sheets are still in pretty good shape even though we've seen a, a rise in the use of credit card debt, you know, spending is going to slow, but wages have been higher. So the, you know, the wherewithal to cover expenses and cover higher food costs, which are, which are coming down is pretty good. So everyone feels like, okay, we can weather this. There's no major issue out there. Like there was in 2008, when you had a banking crisis, you had a liquidity crisis of magnificent proportions. You don't have that now. You know, uh, uh, outside of regional banks, you know, the money center banks, the ones that are too big to fail, are in pretty good shape. Uh, and they're just not as willing to lend. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think at least as we look out over the next um, couple of months, um, 
you know, that we've got this kind of trading in a channel, that we've got this noise out there. We got a lot of anticipation of 2024. Uh, but then looking past that, everyone feels like 2025 is going to be the new market cycle. And, you know, the, the idea from a portfolio management perspective is how do you navigate from A to B, you know? And so a real quick comment on products and whatnot. So we do a lot of work with structured product, uh, accelerated return, uh, structured notes that are designed to take advantage of volatility to get an outsized return uh, in the future over what the market does. Uh, we also have fixed income uh, structured notes that generate high current income, again, taking advantage of that volatility. And then what we've done really over the last year is uh, ramp up our use of what I call CD alternatives. And these are notes that do have a market link to them, but they're paying, you know, anywhere between, you know, six and a half to eight and a half percent right now, much, uh, much better than CDs. And so people that I've talked to kind of view that as being, uh, as being innovative. Uh, and um, so we're, uh, you know, obviously I didn't need the validation, but it's good to know. And I see a lot of people getting into alternatives. I see a lot of people getting into private credit. Uh, we've, we've got a toehold in there now. You know, it gives me some uh, room to kind of think about what the allocation should look like. Uh, uh, clearly, people are migrating to, on their equity exposure, away from the traditional high volatility sectors, uh, you know, technology, the Magnificent Seven, so on and so forth, and, and really kind of double down on dividend producing and high quality stocks that tend to perform well in an economic slowdown. And the other main theme that I'll uh, offer here is on fixed income. Uh, you know, we've talked about, as, well, I talk about uh, the, um, uh, you know, talk about alternatives first. Uh, I'll mention, you know, gold. Uh, has been particularly strong, and we've seen an interesting divergence in gold to the S&P. So uh, let me mention that too. Um, But also back on the fixed income side, that rates are high, and people are beginning to stretch out their average maturity, or what we call duration in the business, which is, you know, you're taking on, you know, longer duration or longer maturity assets uh, that tend to be more sensitive to price changes. Uh, to, excuse me, sensitive to interest rate changes on, on their price. But with rates perhaps being as high as they're going to get and the prospect of them maybe coming down a little offers the opportunity to gain some capital appreciation if you have longer duration, longer maturity assets. And so uh, clearly uh, that is one thing that is playing out. Advisors are moving out their average maturity there. So uh, and these are all things that, that we've contemplated and or are already doing. Uh, and, um, and I do have one more point, and that's on international. Valuations are very attractive. Catalysts may not be staring you in the face right now uh, to, for, for that upside appreciation, but the dividend rates are pretty aggressive uh, and pretty attractive. And, uh, and the valuations are also very attractive. So that's another thing that's playing out. So... Um, without getting ultra wordy, I know I'm almost 20 minutes into this, but I thought it was really important to kind of synthesize all of these thoughts and comments uh, that, uh, that I picked up and things that I shared to other people. And um, it, was, it was a great giving exercise, uh, and I got a lot from it. So 
I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, we'll continue to offer some thoughts on the market as we go through the end of the year. Uh, as always, uh, reach out to me at eric at boycewealth.com if you have any thoughts or questions. Uh, hope to hear from you. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care, and we'll talk to you again soon.